0: Hey everyone, Jason Schappert here, and you're listening to the CFI podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. <music> what is the greatest teaching method? Hey guys, uh, Jason Schappert here. Thanks for listening to the CFI, the Flight Instructor Podcast, the Certificated Flight Instructor Podcast. This, of course, is brought to you by the Ground School Academy, the number one rated online ground school CFIs. I want to pay you Every time you send a student to our number one rated online ground school or any of our products, any of the 10 books, uh, our courses, online ground school, any of the products we produce here at M0A.com, I want you to reach out to Scott, Scott at M0A.com. Uh, Scott is our director of sales and marketing and also heads up that CFI referral program. I want to pay you for sending your students to our online ground school and any of our great best-selling products. So, also, thank you guys for making this the number one podcast in iTunes in the aviation category on the top charts. Um, Actually, as of this recording... All five podcasts, we release: the Private Pilot Podcast, the Instrument Pilot Podcast, the Commercial Pilot Podcast, the CFI Podcast, which you're listening to now, as well as Inspire Aviation. All five of those podcasts own spot one through five in the top charts in iTunes in the aviation category, which is thanks to you guys. Thanks to you CFIs who are listening to this podcast, trying to improve and become a better CFI. Thank you to you CFIs who say, listen, I'm learning from this guy at the CFI level, and I want to send my students the private pilot and the instrument pilot podcast as well. Thank you for that. For your reviews, your honest feedback, your constructive criticism, it means so much to us, and we're very blessed thankful for that. What I want to share with you guys today is the greatest teaching method. This is something you're not taught in the FOI, Fundamentals of Instruction. In fact, the FOI written test, anyone who's already a CFI will tell you it's really, gosh, is it is it rude to call it kind of a joke of a test? I mean, you learn the principles of disuse and hazardous attitudes and how people learn. It's, It's, I mean, it's, It's good stuff, but it's all so dated because, again, you and I know this. I mean, prepping for a test and prepping for real world, what happens in a book isn't always what happens in the real world. And, we as a CFI have to learn to adapt to those students and just just categorizing how they learn and giving it words and rote memorization and learning all these, the correlation, these different words we learn when we become CFIs. But, applying those give you more FOI-type stuff, um, is is certainly a little bit more important. And, this is not something you'll learn in the fundamentals of instruction. This is something you learn after I'm almost, or I am 9,000 hours uh, past uh, of dual given. 9,000 hours. I'm about to pass 10,000 hours total time. 9,000 of that of in the right seat teaching a student. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell says it in his book, uh, Outliers, uh, 10,000 hours before you become an expert at something. So, it's certainly a ways away from being an expert, uh, but have some wisdom I would really like to do my best to impart to you guys. Because, let's be honest, you are the 1% of flight instructors who are interested in becoming better. Becoming a better instructor— makes better students, which is just all-around better for general aviation. And, I applaud you, and I thank you for that. And, I cannot wait to meet you, shake your hand, and buy you lunch, because you are unlike any other flight instructor out there. You are so committed to continuing your education and thus making your students' education and aviation a better place. Here is the greatest teaching method that you will not learn in the Fundamentals of Instruction. It's going to sound so basic until I walk you through it here. It's real-world examples. We learn through stories. I can tell a student to watch this video. I can tell a student to read this page in a book. But until they have either A, experience it themselves— they have their own story to relate to, or hear another story about it, it won't stick. It's often been said that we need to hear things 16 times until we remember it, can correlate with it, apply it to our everyday flying. So, I can tell you about the four types of hypoxia. You can watch our hypoxia video on our online ground school, but if you, as the instructor, have had an encounter with hypoxia and can give a story, that student is 10 times, up to 10 times more likely to retain that information. And let's go through an example here. You guys, if you're a fan and a friend of m MZeroA.com, you know we've built our business around teaching stories because I made a lot of boneheaded mistakes 9,000, almost 10,000 hours ago when I was learning to fly. And I bet you did too. We all have stories in aviation. Some we're not proud of, but they're part of our aviation history. And if we can share those stories, and I'll be sharing some with you here in a second. If we can share those stories with our students, it makes us more approachable. It makes us more human to our student because, let's be honest, put yourself back a few hundred, maybe a few thousand hours ago when you were a student pilot. Your CFI was like, there is no one smarter than my CFI. He or she knows everything. I'm going to listen to their every word, assuming you had a good CFI. Maybe you didn't have a good CFI, but regardless, they knew more than you and you treat them accordingly. Think back to that. Anything your CFI would have told you, you would have believed. Yet, we need to make ourselves as a CFI more human to our students, more relatable. Gosh, even my CFI has screwed up. Jeez, I remember when my CFI told me that story. I sure don't want to do that. Use real-world examples to tie in your everyday topics you're teaching to your students— to help them remember them better. Here's an example. I was recently telling a student how I make my students get more than the three hours of FAA-required nighttime for private pilot, and more than the three hours of hood time, because I don't like to get away with just the bare-bones FAA minimums. I've had a few students gripe that out. Oh, Jason, that's really going to cost me more money. You know, I mean, geez, Luis. Or some of them don't understand why we ha- why do I have to do hood time? Flying under the hood of the Fogles makes me nauseous. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to fly at night. Well, let me tell you a story. I was a brand spanking new private pilot. And I was flying up for a meeting to Tallahassee. I'm going from Central Florida up to the Panhandle in Tallahassee. My meeting ran long. Anything in aviation like that ever happened to you? Your meeting runs long. I had no intentions of flying at night. I plan on coming back and you know even beating the sunset. No issues there. So I wasn't prepared to fly at night. I didn't have any flashlights with me. In fact, I was flying an airplane. I only had about three hours in since I had just started. I was on like less than one or two of my instrument training. So, I was flying I went from a Cherokee 140 to a Cessna 172. I didn't even know how to turn the panel lights on. I got in that airplane because the meeting ran long. I had to get back, right? Because you have to be somewhere. Now, in aviation, you never have to be anywhere. And I decided to fly that airplane home. I... I didn't even know how to turn on the panel lights. I'm using, you know, I, back then I had an old Nokia brick cell phone. I'm using that to kind of see my instruments. There were no iPhones with slide-up flashlights or anything like that. And I'm flying back. And, of course, it's on a no-moon night. And I've got the Gulf of Mexico to my right. I've got nothing but woods and, and swamp in front of me. No moon to light the way. No horizon, and the definition of IFR flying is what? Anytime I fly without reference to the horizon, I was basically flying IFR. At night, I remember the whole time just saying to myself, trust your instruments. Trust your instruments. I had, about, I had my three hours of private pilot instrument scanning. I had about two instrument lessons in. And I remember saying, no, I'm turning to the left. I, I know I'm turning to the left. I look at my attitude indicator and it says I'm flying straight and level. And I'd put my myself or my body felt like I was straight, and then my instruments would tell me I was wrong. I remember saying, trust my instruments. Trust my instruments. And I'm flying back in a situation I shouldn't even have put myself in, unprepared to fly at night, didn't know how to use the autopilot in the airplane, Never never learned that much about the airplane. Really, again, I'd only done two instrument lessons in it. Didn't really have personal minimums to tell me go or no go. And... I made it back by the skin of my teeth. I struggled to find the switch to turn the landing light on coming in to land. I was lucky enough to, uh, to know the pilot control lighting frequency back at Ocala because I couldn't even light up my charts to pull it up if I had to. Thankfully, I just knew it by, by memory of doing it a few times beforehand. I was very, very lucky. And I remember landing thinking, I don't want to ever do that again. You know, flying at night in that situation, you might as well be an instrument-rated pilot. And I share that story not to make you say, geez, Jason, what what a dumb thing that was. I share it with you so you learn to make smart decisions. So you understand that night flying can be just like flying IFR. And just because you have your three hours and your private pilot certificate doesn't mean you should go blazing off into the dark your three hours of instrument time, your three hours of night time are not enough. I share with you that story so you get a night preparedness kit or, or always have two flashlights with you, one on the airplane, one on your flight bag, whatever it may be. See, when we share through stories, our students can go, geez, I remember that time Jason shared with me about his night flying. Um, I don't want to do that because student pilots— are just good enough to be dangerous. And, we as flight instructors need to realize that. We as flight instructors need to learn the balance between challenging our student and giving them too much confidence. Do you know what I mean? Let's use another example. You and I as flight instructors would have no problem going up and flying a day when it's gusting to 16 knots, let's say. In fact, some would argue, and I'd be on the, uh, on the positive side of this as well, it might be good for a student to go up and fly in conditions gusting into 16, but go into it with the right mindset. Go into it with, listen, normally, this is a no-go day, but I, I want you to learn why it's a no-go type day. Forget real-world examples. I'm going to give you real-world experience now. We're going to go do pattern work in these wind conditions of gusting to 16. Let's just do three or four landings. I'll probably have to help you a little bit on the controls, but I want you to learn. So, the next time you see a METAR and it says gusting to 16, you say, listen, I remember that one time Jason and I did some pattern work and the winds were like, there's no way I'm going flying in that again. I no way I could do it by myself. Allowing them to have that sort of experience, but setting up the guidelines and framing it with, listen, you're going to gain a little bit of experience, but the most valuable lesson you're going to get from this lesson is that I don't want to go flying in these kind of conditions, as opposed to instilling in them confidence of, oh, yeah, I remember that one time we went flying those, that wind. that was no big deal. I got this all day. Make sure they know that. Listen, I had to help you quite a bit. I I hope when you're a private pilot and you're presented with the same wind condition, you're gonna gonna think back to this day and go, Absolutely not. Am I going flying today? You know, there's a big difference. Real world examples teach through your stories. Use your stories so your students. Don't gain too many stories of their own. And they're going to get their own stories. Trust me, it's going to happen. But you don't want any of them to be like your stories. Because I guarantee you're smiling and nodding your head right now because you're thinking back to some dumb things you did in an airplane. And you as a flight instructor need to be humble enough to share those with your student. And hopefully your student really grasps the severity of whatever story that may be so they don't get stories that are as extreme as yours. You're a lucky individual to have those stories and be able to tell people about them. Don't let your student pilots get as crazy of stories. And better yet, please don't go make stories with your students. I've read one too many NTSB reports that are on an instructional flight where a student pushed it a little bit too far with a student. We certainly don't want to go that route with it. Real-world examples— Stories make you more human to your student. You're no longer this all-knowing CFI. You have vulnerabilities as well. You're humble enough to share them. You're smart enough to know when to not go flying and share those experiences and your decision-making process with your students. It makes you more approachable. Write down your stories. Relate them to your lessons and share them with your students. That's the best advice I have for you guys. That is the greatest teaching method I have for you. Thanks so much for listening to this CFI podcast, guys. You are truly— becoming a better flight instructor, and making aviation a better place. I look forward to meeting so many of you at the upcoming EAA Air Venture Oshkosh. We'll be over in Hangar B, Hangar Bravo. We've got five or six great seminars we're delivering. A lot of really fun stuff. Listen, again, we want to team up with you. Uh, we want to pay you every time you refer a student to us as well as we want to refer students to you. Gosh, I... Uh, at least once a day, uh, you know, seven, eight times a week, we get inquiries of students from all over the world that want to come fly with us. I've got a waiting list that goes well into 2016 of people who want to come fly with us that I just can't take. I need great CFIs that I can refer that business to. And I want you to be one of those great CFIs. I can proudly say, listen, I can't take you on as a student right now, but since you're willing to travel, I want you to go to so-and-so at his or her location. Let's build that kind of relationship together. Reach out to Scott, S-C-O-T-T at M-Z-E-R-O-A dot com. Scott at M-ZeroA dot com. Send him an email. Tell him you heard about this referral partner program on the CFI podcast that Jason mentioned. I want to learn more about it. So, do that, guys. I can't wait to partner up with you. I can't wait to meet you one day. Enjoy the rest of your day. And, most importantly, remember, that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.